The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, July 6th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, Spitting Statistician. And as usual, I am honored to be joined every Monday through Friday by FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing on a, on a cloudy Friday here in the Big Bad City? Uh, doing all right. Hearing a lot of thunder outside. I'm hearing a lot of reverb as well. You sound almost like the voice of God. Um, And, you know, maybe it's the king. People call me Darth Vader because, you know, sometimes I have like this breathing issue. But now I can really sound like it on air. Like, I'm altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. That's all right. That's all right. If you ever have, you know, breathing issues, Scotty, I got an asthma pump for you. And I mean, you know, in some in some cultures, the king is almost like a god and you are the king of fantasy. So, you know, maybe uh, maybe you become a deity at some point. It's not it's not asthma. It's uh Directly a result of sleep apnea, which I'm getting worked on. Okay, well, we all have our issues, I guess, Scott. But check it out. Let's talk about some of the news and notes here in the football. You know, I mean, it's July, right? So we got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I did think this was interesting, not only because of the situation it is with this team, but kind of generally speaking. So I saw a report yesterday, Scott, that Derrick Henry, we got like the beat reporter saying that Derrick Henry could lead Tennessee in carries, but may still have less yards, all-purpose yards, than Deion Lewis, right? And I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? That's actually not that big of a surprise to me, right? Like, that, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense that Henry would be this kind of early down back, would be the plotter, and Deion Lewis might actually be the guy who gets, you know, more yards. And then I thought... In this kind of 2018 NFL where there's so much passing going on, I don't think that that's actually uncommon. What do you think about this Tennessee backfield, Scott? How do you think it'll break out? More more Henry or Lewis? Which back would you like to own? I, I don't think it's a piece of news whatsoever. I think we're right. really struggling to find things. Guys are struggling to, to find things to write. 
And this is shaking out exactly like we we thought it would. Henry's the inside runner in the goal line back, and Dion Dion Lewis is more versatile. Maybe he'll vulture a few line carries carries here and there, but uh, you know it is it is what it is. It, there's there's no news here. Right. So now let's zoom out a little bit more, Scott, and not take it for just the Tennessee Titans, right? Because I'm thinking. <clears throat> Is this really that big of news? No, to me it's not. I agree with you. And I remember also Mike Leone talking to us about the <clears throat> zero RB theory, right? And if you are going to do that, he says you want to get these kind of upside pass catching backs, right? Because that can then even out. If you wait, these are the kind of guys you can get to still kind of return some value. And so I'm thinking, where are some teams, Scotty, where that might actually also be the case? Whether that's news in Tennessee or not, let's give the listeners – you know, something like a rule of thumb or something to think of. Who are some, where are some of the teams where that pass catching back may actually be better, a better value than the early down back? I think about things like in Washington with Chris Thompson. I think about things like in Detroit with Theo Riddick. Where are some of the places where the, that pass catching back really could be an even part of the timeshare or almost like a 1B to consider later on in your drafts. What, what kind of pass-catching backs do you think do you want to prioritize out there, Scotty? I think about Riddick. I think about Thompson, maybe Tarek Cohen. Um, are there any others that come to mind? Duke Johnson? Where do you think? I don't know if any of them are a 1B because hmm. most of these guys are flex types where – is some of the guys that they're playing with could be, you know, straight RB1, straight RB2s because they just don't get enough reps. You know, that that's the issue with them. It's, you know, there's really no 1A and 1B that I can think of in this league. And even when we had it with guys like D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart, you know, the the 1B types, they actually, they actually carried the ball a, a heck of a lot. And you just don't see that with too much of these pass-catching running backs. But... You know, to you know, go through the exercise and go down the list, you know, my current ranks on the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on rotoexperts.com. Anthony the King at checkout for a special discount. Dion Lewis is my highest-rated guy in that role at 27. Okay. And then uh, and then I don't know if – the other place we got a 1A, 1A and 1B really is Atlanta. But, ah, uh, yes. you know, Tevin Colby carries the ball a lot. He's not a pass-catching specialist. Then I would say Chris, I have Chris Thompson and Tariq Cohen back-to-back at 37 and 38 because, mm. as I've already said, that for people who are listening already, I don't think there's any more running back that's more explosive with the ball in his hands, especially when he gets behind the defense, than Chris Thompson. Uh, Tariq Cohen does have that kind of ability, though. Uh, I think he has yet to unleash it, and maybe he does that this year, so there there are two of my favorites right there. You go a little bit further down the list. And uh, Theo Riddick, I think, is a little bit overrated. You know, I have him okay. at 47. His numbers have been dropping for three years. An interesting kid to keep an eye on is Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts. Now, they like him a lot, but he's very smallish. You know, that's the other thing. Uh, Bilal Powell at 55 has never <clears throat> panned out like we wanted right. him to. And uh, I think – and uh, – you got James White at 57, but you never know what his role is going to be. Right. Giovanni Bernard at 59 isn't trustworthy. So I think there's only three or four of those guys that maybe ultimately you want on your team. But, you know, you have to know who they are. And then you go back up the list, and it's really about it's about running backs who also catch passes. That's why everybody's so hyped on Jarek McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I think at 13 maybe I have him right – 
just a little bit too high. Yeah, I hear you. I think he's right around there as well. I think he is a high-end RB2, especially the PPR formats. Um, but we shall see. He, you know, I'm excited about him. you got Ty Montgomery. I didn't, list, I didn't mention him That's either, an interesting you know? one. You know, yeah. I guess one of the names that you mentioned, and I'm not saying now anymore, but there was a period of time, I guess at this point, maybe about four years ago, right, where, where Giovanni Bernard – might have been that kind of guy. Like when he was in the backfield with like a Jeremy Hill, you know, for a couple of years there, I actually thought Bernard was the better back to own, you know? So that kind of situation where that early down guy is not as great. Remember uh, Eddie Lacy for a little while, you know, and then there was always like, hmm, maybe the other guy is actually the guy to own. So I thought Bernard would fit into that um, as well. But interesting to note, especially if you go ahead and kind of eschew these workhorse running backs early on, you really need to know who those See, pass but the whole thing backs. is, is that oh, these workhorse running backs, sorry to interrupt you there, no, no, go ahead. they do both. The pass catching right. running exactly. the stud running backs, Bell, the late Gurley, Bells. David Johnson. Well, we Johnson. expect that of Saquon yeah. Barkley as well, right? Saquon Barkley and maybe a bump from Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt. You know, those top six in my right. ranks, they're all top six because they catch passes as well as being run uh, workhorse right. ball carriers. Then you got a Malvin Kamara at seven because – as a pass catcher specialist, right. nobody really matches it. Uh, you got Devonta Freeman and LaShawn McCoy at 11 and 12 because right. they can be those type of running backs. Christian McCaffrey behind McCa- Kamara, he is he is the exemplary guy who just does right. pass catching more than anything. Sure. And if you're going to, in a PPR, if you're going to uh, maybe pass on those workhorse backs – then you got to have McCaffrey in the crosshairs right. because the guys behind him, I have like Drake and Mixon and Ronald Jones and <clears throat> Rashad Penny. You know, you don't know. Like Mixon has some pass-catching potential, but these are all bigger question marks. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see if, if Mixon becomes more versatile this year. And then Mark Ingram at 24, we know we've seen him right. do it some more. And then by that point, you're getting more into the sure. Deion Lewis's. The one name that I would want to ask you about, where you think he trends on this kind of in the work in the passing game versus like another guy comes on, is we talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. There was a little bit of time last year where I think it was Austin Eckler was kind of playing that little PPR kind of role. But do you believe Melvin Gordon is more of these like – workhorse threat in the passing game or does he cede snaps to a guy like the pass catching back and then maybe Eckler or someone else do you where do you think Melvin Gordon fits in this kind of definition I think Melvin Gordon put up some pretty decent receiving numbers last year okay. you know they they talked about getting him the ball more and you know they did you know he had 58 catches uh for 476 yards, mm-hmm. and he had four receiving touchdowns. So he doesn't need to cede anything to anybody in terms of because he can't catch passes. He actually proved he could do it even better last year, and he became even more valuable. So, you know, that's why he's ranked number eight. He's not going to catch 70 passes, but, you know, the amount that he did is pretty impressive. The only reason he comes off the field for an Austin Eckler is because he needs breathers. 
Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So maybe uh, remember that Melvin Gordon, I think I think that puts him really definitively as one of those first-round running backs as well because he can contribute in the passing game. But always interesting to see, you know, you got to make sure, especially in PPR leagues. Hey, Scotty, another piece of, I guess, news. It's not really news because I do not care about smoking Jay Cutler, but it looks like he's confirming that he's probably done with football, right? But that made me think not about Jay Cutler because I don't care about Jay Cutler. I I actually don't care much about many Miami Dolphins, to be quite honest, for fantasy. If you want to know the truth, I think that's going to be a little bit of a quagmire down there. But what it got me thinking about, Scott, is kind of where we are in the offseason. And there's a bunch of people out there who might surprise people that are without teams. So what I want to do, Scott... What I want to do is I want to kind of look at a couple of positions, look at a couple of people who are still out there without teams right now, and I want to ask you, do you think they are someone who will sign with a team kind of like before training camp? That's like option A. Are they someone who are kind of like waiting for an injury to happen and kind of will pounce on that and try to sign there? Or are they someone who you actually don't think will have a job next year in the NFL? There's a couple of running backs, for example. Okay, so we talk about DeMarco Murray a lot. I think he's waiting for a spot where he can actually contribute and actually be a main guy. But what about a guy like Eddie Lacy, Scott? I mean, Eddie Lacy is still out there unsigned. Do you think he gets a job? Do you think he's waiting for an injury? Or do you think he's like on his way out of football? I think he's on his way out. You know, nobody wanted to even give Eddie Lacy any sort okay. of audition. You know, he was a big, big disappointment. What about in, Shane in Seattle In Seattle last year, and, you know, credit to the fantasy executive for calling that shot. You know, I, I thought at least he could be a goal line back for the Seahawks, but he didn't even turn out to be anything in that role. He, I think he had one half where he act, right. of the second half of a game where he actually looked like his old self, but uh, I, I don't think anybody wants any part of Eddie Lacy when you can get all these younger, yeah, uh, all these younger, more spry running backs. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I uh, I always said I said at the midpoint of last year, I think I might have joked with you about it that you know maybe they were worried about managing Eddie, Wace, Eddie Lacy's weight. I was saying at some point let you him were go also a little bit. Say Eddie Eddie Waitsy. I know. Let him let him feast mode. I used to call him instead of beast mode. I called him feast mode. <laughs> I said he forget about managing his weight. Let him put on another forty pounds and he could be a pulling guard for the team. He might have had a better value might, there. What yeah, about? I heard you say that. They, they might have <laughs> needed know? him. See, Seattle exactly. wanted to go back to the physical running game last year, yeah. and they couldn't find it in Eddie Lacy, and that's why they drafted Rashad Penny. So what about, we talk about some pass-catching backs. What about a guy like Shane Vereen, who I think is still only like 29? Yeah, I don't know why there isn't a market for Shane Vereen because he's a good pass-catching specialist. You know, maybe that's somebody at some point, you know, he okay. gets a look. When, uh, you, you know, if, if like, maybe if it Chris Thompson was to go down. But I'm only speculating. Yeah, you but know, you think he has a more of a market? He, there's more of a market for Vereen out I, there I, I than there I think, for Lacey? I think, I think Eddie Lacey is done. Okay. Uh, what about Alf Morris? What about Alf Morris? Yeah, I, I, th- I, think, uh, I, I, think, I think Alfred Morris is a guy, if, uh, if somebody needs some depth and wants to sign somebody off the street mm-hmm. with some NFL veteran experience, I think, you know, you could see him sign during the season. Okay. Some wide receivers. We all know about Des Bryant, right? We all but know the, about none Des of these, Bryant. none of these guys are going to have any fantasy appeal. You know, okay. What about Des Bryant? Des Bryant's got to find a team. But, you know, you got if, it. Uh, now I'm only speculating. I don't, I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I believe his price has to come down. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a certain reputation. But there are, I think there are a lot of teams out there 
that could certainly use a Des Bryant. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the New England Patriots, and Tom sure. Brady makes everybody better. I, I think you know New England could be a fit at some point, maybe if he's willing to take his price down in order to play for a Super Bowl, which he could never do with the Cowboys. Uh, some other some other teams that you know maybe should give him a look is like there was talk with Baltimore, but right. after they signed Michael Crabtree, it uh it it never it never really happened. So I. I I can't see him. I can't see him going there. Uh, the I heard Jaguars, you talk about San Francisco. I don't know where he'd fit numbers wise. Yeah. I think Bu- Buffalo is a good spot Buffalo because be you know there's, there's there's certain certainly lacking some wide receivers depth. We heard about Green Bay because you know Randall Cobb can't stay healthy and everybody else is unproven. I think the Packers would be a really really nice fit. You know what and I then, think could be interesting. Then you, then you talk about Miami. I think Miami mm. could maybe use. Another veteran receiver, you know, and he's got an experienced quarterback with Ryan with Ryan Tannehill. I'm I, I wish the Seahawks would have signed Dez instead of Brandon instead Marshall. Instead of Brandon Marshall, uh, personally, but and look, there's all it's crazy, but he could always go back to Dallas. I mean, and, I think Dallas is kind of a great yeah. fit, to be quite honest. When you think about that yeah. wide receiver room, I also think of Indianapolis because he's kind of a different kind of wide receiver than T.Y. Hilton. And I don't know if they really believe in like what is it like Chester Rogers and others. Yeah, that's uh, for another good that spot. Offense. You do know, the so Dallas I, do the Dallas Cowboys have the worst receiving crew in football right now? I'd say it's between them and Buffalo. Yeah, you know, so I, you'd I, say I think, they're, they're the worst in the NFC. Maybe, maybe let's on paper. Um, I think that's actually that that could be very possible. I think about Dallas. I think about Buffalo. I think about Indy. I mentioned. I said the NFC. Well. In the NFC, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, possibly because other Chicago, teams. Chicago. Chicago's gotten better. Has gotten right? a lot better. The, uh, what about Washington? I think they're better than Dallas. Okay, um, Just by virtue of Jamison Crowder alone. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. I mean, what about the only other teams I know, you know, I guess outside of Larry Fitzgerald, Arizona is not anything to really write about. But because they about. have Larry Fitzgerald, sure. you know, sure. they went out. You know, I would say, I know it's a touchy subject for you, but I would almost say the same thing. Outside of Doug Baldwin, the Seahawks but you can't, room. You can't, see, you can't say when you no, outside No, I, I agree of, with you. I agree I'm with you. I'm asking for the overall comparison. It would have to be Dallas. It would have to be, for me, it would be Dallas – um, it would be Dallas. It would be, um, and then in the NFC, it would be Dallas. Maybe, bu- and then it would be like Buffalo um, in the AFC. Maybe Tennessee as well. You know, there are a couple of places that I think he could go. And the reason I could bring Kel- up some could of these- Kelvin Benjamin be an instant starter in Dallas? Uh, Kelvin right? Benjamin and, and, would and, start and, in and Dallas, Buffalo. but Alan Hearns would start in Buffalo. True, Cole but he'd probably be the, Cole Beasley he'd probably would start be, in Buffalo too. But they wouldn't they be the number two wide receiver behind Benjamin? I don't know. I'm not a huge yeah. Benjamin fan, you know, but I hear you. I hear you. So those are all places. And, Scotty, I bring up some of these names because, you know, the rankings are coming out and people need to go on out and see on Roto Experts, the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Draft Package, right? And people have their rankings. I'm just thinking about who are any of these guys that might, like, be able to change the rankings. I mean, if Des Bryant winds up in Indy or in Buffalo, that obviously changes the rankings. If DeMarco Murray signs with a team, that changes the rankings. Maybe yeah. Vereen wouldn't make Maybe Lacey wouldn't. Maybe Alf Morris wouldn't. You know, but I'm no, wondering. No, but I, I have I have Des at number sixty right now, and depending Fair. where he's signed, he could go up five to ten spots. Demarco Murray's at fifty-eight. Sure. What about um? You know, I'm thinking about do any of these guys move the needle for you? Eric Decker, Jeremy Macklin, no. Michael Floyd. No. 
Um, no. Dontrell Inman. Eli no. Rogers, no? No. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And at tight end, I think we talked a little bit about Antonio Gates yesterday, you know, and how there's only one place where he would sign. There's only one other tight end, Scotty, that I think may uh, is unsigned and may have an impact, and that would be Kobe, uh, Kobe Fleener. No. Do you see him? No? 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 So, no, okay. no. I'm tired, I'm tired. I got tired of doing that Kobe Fleener thing like a year and a half ago. All right. So, fair enough. So you Kobe Fleener much- was way overrated. And uh, he'll probably well, remember he was Andrew Luck's summer. roommate, right? That's all it was, yeah, right? And I, re- I remember that, that that silly analysis like, well, they room together. You know, it's like I could I could room with somebody. It doesn't mean I could should be catch passes from them. You don't believe in that natural chemistry because of all the ramen they ate together at Stanford, Scotty? No, because it didn't translate on the field. Kobe <laughs> Fleener was Kobe Fleener was a bust in Indianapolis. and He was a bust in New Orleans. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So when we're talking about the ranks, Scott, at first we were just thinking about, you know, you just want to put on the radar for some people any potential thing, potential players, I should say, that may, you know, um, adjust the rankings slightly, right? But I bring up the rankings and I bring up the exclusive edge package because one of the things I want to talk about are these quarterback rankings that you have, Scott. We were talking about some of these rankings. There's great pieces out there on the exclusive edge package. May talk to our guy Jake Seely later on in the show about kind of new faces and new places, shall we say. But let's talk about quarterbacks for a bit here, Scott, on Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I guess the first thing I want to ask you about quarterback – is, you know, are you in agreement that, like, generally speaking, I know we, you know, you always have to see and there's a price for everything and a point for everything, but generally speaking, you're waiting on quarterback. Is that correct? Like, you're not going to have many shares of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson on your teams, right? Like, you list those as your top five quarterbacks. Am I correct that you are generally speaking, unless there's some kind of crazy draft like that expert draft where everyone's waiting on quarterbacks, am I right that you're not going to have many shares of these guys? No, but in the expert drafts, like, I won't have shares of Rodgers anywhere, right. but in the expert drafts, I might get a Wentz, you know, I might get a Watson because I'm not as extreme as some of the other experts. I don't know if I want to wait till round 12 for my guy, although although I could. You know, if I'm sitting there in round eight and Carson Wentz is still there, I want him because he's my third-ranked quarterback. Right. You know, I'm, what I'm going to do is, like, in a typical league, you have two star two running backs and three wide receivers. I'm going to fill out those first five mm-hmm. and maybe the tight end in round six. In round six, it, it really depends on what the tight end flow is like. I could grab a quarterback as early as round six. Uh, you know, if if Tom Brady's still there in round six, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take him. Uh, you know, Rogers always inevitably, even in the He'll next be gone league, goes then, right? like the third or the fourth, and it's just not going to happen. It depends on the flow of the draft, but I'll probably take my quarterback in round seven because I just don't believe in taking my backups uh, before my starting quarterback. And that ensures me to get a top five quarterback in a lot of cases. But, you know, I do play in mainstream leagues. Mm-hmm. I know some other hosts on this channel believe they're too snobby and above, you know, playing with <laughs> the average person. But I'm not like that because, you know, those type of people, you know, are my friends. And I, I want to play I want to play fantasy football with my friends, too. I want to play with the listeners. You know, I want to sure. keep in touch with the people who make it possible for me to do this for a living. So, you know, I, I'm okay with playing in those kind of leagues. And in those kind of leagues, 
you know, you're going to see maybe the top five quarterbacks go in the first four rounds, and then I'm going to end up with like a Rivers or some or sure. Roethlisberger or somewhere like that. So it depends on what t- who I'm playing with. Okay, fair enough, and I agree with you. You know, I'm going to be using my first five picks as well to get my running backs, my wide receivers. It sounds like at that point, though, at round six or seven, that's kind of like where you pick your head up and consider what the uh, how the how the draft is going quarterback wise and also tight end wise, right. And seeing kind of, if you want to keep on going there, if you can get value or if you can wait a little bit more for these guys, you know, Scotty, here's one other thing I want to ask you when we talk about the quarterback ranks, right. I'm a, let's say we're in a 12 team league, right. I zoom right down to number 12 on your ranking. If I'm in a 12 team league and I consider like, Hmm, let's say I'm like the last person to draft a quarterback. Right. And obviously the draft wouldn't fall exactly the way your rankings are. So to be honest, I look at say starting from number eight, all the way down to number 13, right? Because I don't know, different people might have different opinions and might like some of these guys better, but it sounds like I can be comfortable and confident that one or two of these guys would be available for me, even if I was like the 11th or 12th player in my league to draft a quarterback. You have from 8 through 13, you have Rivers, Big Ben, Jimmy G, Matty Stafford, Drew Brees, and Andrew Luck. To me, Scotty, just, just when I hear those names, that is generally a higher caliber level of quarterback than I've heard of in past years. If you tell me I can completely wait and potentially have my choice of, like, Rivers or Stafford or Breeze, like, I'm signing up for that, Scott. Well, the thing is, Breeze, based on reputation and that recent production, is being right. ranked much higher than I have The Saints are evolving differently. You know, though. I have them five spots lower than the the expert consensus on fantasy pros. So mm-hmm. by by ranking number twelve, I'm saying you know you shouldn't jump as high as every everybody else. You don't have to. You know this is this is becoming more of a, a running defensive balance team mm-hmm. that's going to better field position and let Breeze pick his spots rather than to carry the offense on his back. And it's a better team like that. It's interesting the dichotomy, and I see it as a Seahawk fan too with Russell Wilson's evolution. From you know being more of like a high percentage passer, you know, to makes makes the big play in the right spot to a guy mm-hmm. carries a team on his back. As an NFL team, you don't want your quarterback carrying everything. Absolutely. You know, unless it's unless it's rare like an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. But even in those cases, you don't you don't want your quarterback carrying everything. The better NFL teams don't put everything on the quarterback's back, and you know the but but but. but you know, those teams, you know, when they fall apart and have the quarterback carry them, it's better for fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. So fantasy we doesn't always match reality. No, we that, say that all that the time. sort of vein. We say that all the time. I even talk about teams that are the fantasy herd. You know, it's good for the NFL team to have that variety, but it's not necessarily good for fantasy. We got a caller on the line we'll get to after the break, and we'll talk more about the Kings quarterback rankings. With Scott Angle and the Spitting Statistician, Dane Martinez, getting into a Friday here on Roto Experts in the Morning. Kenny and Philly will holler at you on the other side of the break. It's Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. 
Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to dailyroto.com to rock daily fantasy sports. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back to Roto Experts in the morning, right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Spitting statistician, and as always, the king gives the hot tag to our guy, the all in kid, Jake Seeley. Jake, it's a little gloomy up here in New York. Are you wearing casual clothes? Are you business casual right now, Jake? <laughs> No, we're wearing the same thing I always wear every day. All right, but I'm, I'm glad that I got a little chuckle out of you, Jake. I'm glad that I got a little chuckle out of you. That means we are off and running. As you know, we put the fun in functional sports radio. If you want to get down with us, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Jake, I'm going to warn you today, I got some news and notes for you, but I don't know how much they're going to move the needle for you. I'm being proactive with my disclaimer. One thing I saw, Jake, is that Derrick Henry is now being pegged to potentially lead the Tennessee backfield in carries. However, they also, the same beat reporter also says that Henry might lead the team in carries, but Deion Lewis may still lead the team in all-purpose yards. And it got me to thinking, like, you know what? I buy that. I believe that. But I also think there may be some other situations where that could be true. So my question for you, Jake, is what situations might you actually prefer the kind of pass catching back or the one B back over who many people might think is like the quote unquote starter? I think Tennessee could be an opportunity where Deion Lewis is really the better back to own than, say, uh, you know, Derrick Henry. I think about maybe a place like Detroit where you would want Theo Riddick maybe more. We've talked about how and I know that you're high on on Chubb and I'm higher on Hyde, but we've talked about how because of that, Duke Johnson may be actually the safest back to own in PPR formats. Where are, are there other situations like that, Jake, where the quote unquote nominal starter is actually not the back to own coming off like this news that I saw with Derrick Henry in Tennessee? Mm, I think this is a, actually kind of a rare situation. I don't hmm. think there's another one out there where it's like, yes, I want the person who's not the quote-unquote starter. I mean, because this is most backfields when they're shared or split aren't to a 50-50 degree. And that, I mean, that's probably as close as we're going to get here is we've been saying this all along. And I don't know why, like, this is what we talked about before. And I, I'm not trying to disparage any beat writers, but the, what I was making the point of is they're doing the same thing we're doing. I, I don't know how many times I have to say that is they're doing their best job at breaking down what they can figure out and find out and trying to reject and predict what's going to happen unless the coach specifically tells them they don't know anything more than we know. They, they get a different view. They're on the field. We get the better top-down view of the entire NFL and knowing how teams work and all that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. they're on the same. What, what have you and I have been saying? for the past 17 weeks since I don't know however long it's been since Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis were signed and the fact is you know even I don't know if you were but to go back before that I was saying that somebody was going to get added to Derrick Henry to be this so you know that that's the fact is that you know this is a 50-50 backfield so that's one case I mean you can look at 
the Browns and say, all right, the safest option in PPR might be Duke Johnson because then you're not picking the wrong one. Uh, but if right. you told me we knew definitively that I was wrong and it's Carlos Hyde or you were wrong and it's Nick Chubb, I would still want whoever that was. And that I think that's the difference. You know, that's <laughs> the fact is, you know, if you look, if you go down the Broncos, Royce Freeman's the lead as we expected to be. I don't want Devontae Booker more than him. So I thought about looking, Detroit, Jake. What about Detroit? No, because if Kerryon Johnson is getting, you know, 14 to 16 touches per week, I still want him. You know, theoretic is theoretic, and I think that he doesn't get enough respect to what he's deserved. But if if Kerryon Johnson actually gets 14 to 16 touches a week, I'm still going to want the guy getting 14. I'm going to want the guy with double-digit touches every single week, yeah, even fair. if he sometimes performs less than the other guy. Okay, and, and I think that would probably be the case in Washington as well. We all like Chris Thompson, but the potential for Geis is, you know, to really be kind of a really solid RB2 even in standard uh, as, a, as, a, as a ceiling, you know. So I guess I know a lot of people would think about uh, Thompson as a PPR kind of back right away when we're talking about this, but not necessarily. The, what, about, what about the Jets, Jake? What about the Jets, and how does this Crowell and Boom, boom, Bilal, pal, pal situation shake out, even with Elijah McGuire mixed in there. Do you really, like, is Crowell head and shoulders above these other guys? No, I actually, I don't really want anything to do with any of them. Uh, <laughs> I don't want much to do with the Jets in general. And, you know, maybe there's some value there, but I don't think it'll be consistent. And I don't think it'll be something you get super excited about. It's, we've seen stranger things before. And maybe Isaiah Crowell turns into those, you know, couple blips we've seen with the talent, and he turns into an RB2, and people got a value in their drafts. It's just I'm not going to be the one to do it. And then Powell, I actually have a few shares of him only because he's basically free going to, like, the 13th round. And at that point, it's kind of like, yeah, why not, especially the PPR. And a non-PPR, it might be a little bit more like, oh, I won't even waste my time. But the problem with Powell is the fact that if what they what if they want to lose use Elijah McGuire more this year and use him more like mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen, so mm-hmm. that's just it's a backfield that I'm not really interested in getting involved with. Absolutely. And to your point, Jake, like the good old million dollar man, Ted DiBiase says, everybody has a price. So Bilal Powell, you know, the 14th round might be that price for boom, boom, Bilal, pal, pal. Jake, I'm going to say two words and you're going to probably tell me I don't care. The two words are Jay Cutler. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Like, I don't think it's going to happen either. He's probably done with football. The one thing it did get me to think about, though, Jake, is are there – because, you know, right now in the exclusive edge package, right, we have rankings. We were talking with Scott in the first hour about his rankings. I'm wondering – let me ask you something. Are there – how many people are there that are still out there, like kind of on the street a la Jake Cutler, that um, could have an impact – on the rankings. I know about Des Bryant. I know about DeMarco Murray. Are there any other people out there, Jake, that you think could still have an impact that people need to have an eye on to see where they land, whether it's because of injury or otherwise, you know, outside of Bryant and, uh, you know, DeMarco Murray, I'm thinking about guys like, I don't know, Eric Decker, Eddie Lacy, Kobe Fleener. Do any of these guys that are out there, Jeremy Macklin, Alfred Morris, Shane Vereen, former giant. We talk about these past catching backs. Maybe there's an, you know, um, are there any people out there that are still yet to be signed outside of say Des and DeMarco, who we do talk about at times that we should also have our eyes on in any way, shape, or form? No. Not not a single one of those guys is worth anything, worth any of your conversation or any time. All right, fair enough. I mean, we talk about pass catching backs. You know, Shane Vereen has had times where he was a viable PPR back if he found the right situation. No? 
Hmm, not recently. All right, fair enough. And as a Giants fan, you would know. But you know what is going to be viable this year in both Jake and I's opinion? And it is the team we are breaking down today on Roto Experts in the Morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And that is the Los Angeles Chargers. Jake, I know you have – I've heard you on, on air on this network say you think the Chargers may be the AFC representative of the Super Bowl. That is your current pick. I have the Chargers as well, not in the Super Super Bowl, but I have them in the AFC championship game because my whole narrative is I'm trying to beat New England and I'm going to take these veteran quarterbacks that have a chance to do it. Philip Rivers and big Ben Roethlisberger. Let's talk about Philip Rivers. Jake, once again, we say this. I know we've said it before. I am going to continue to beat this drum. Philip Rivers is the perfect example of why I am waiting on quarterback. If you tell me I can wait until round, I don't know, eight, nine, even later, and get Philip Rivers and what I would believe to be 44, 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, and a team that throws the ball and a quarterback that finds the mismatch at the line, I, like, and I can have him at as my quarterback, I'll sign up for it right now. It, to me, he's the prototypical weight on quarterback kind of guy you get with, uh, along with say like a Matthew Stafford. Do you agree? No, absolutely. I don't even. No, I don't even need him with Matthew Stafford. I take Philip Rivers as my only quarterback. No, I'm saying like Matthew Stafford is the same kind of quarterback. How oh, I can yeah. wait and land with him and be completely happy. Yeah, every single year. If I, I said it yesterday. I said it. The I know, day, but I, we're I, talking I, I about the Chargers today. No, we got to reinforce it. I know. It. I know. I'm just to your point. I'm just yeah. saying the fact is he's a QB one every single year except for one in the past decade. That's nine out of ten years, and he's been top five three times. Everybody hates Jay Cutler. Or Jay Cutler. See, now you got to be talking about him. Everybody <laughs> hates Philip Rivers, and for no good reason when it comes to fantasy. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And to be quite, I mean, like, and the Chargers are a team that throw the ball a ton. Remember, Jake, you talk about, like, dropbacks and attempts. Am I right that Phillip Rivers is also, like, usually top 10? And, like, the Chargers will pass the ball. I don't care about Anthony Lynn as the new head coach. Am I right that the Chargers, they're in shotgun all the damn time? They're slinging it around, right? I mean, he's going to have more, you look at dropbacks and attempts. He's, he's top, he's, you know, he's kind of on the top 10 on those as well, right, Jake? I mean, I don't know off the top of my head. But it's about opportunity, and he's there. this is a passing team. This is not like a team that, you know, this is not Melvin Gordon getting like, uh, you know, 300 carries. You know, this is a team that throws the ball. Phillip Rivers chucks it all over the yard. You're not wrong. I don't know. That. I don't know <laughs> we don't know 10. specifically. I, yeah, I don't know the top 10 off the top of my head, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let me ask you this, though, Jake, as we move a little bit to this wide receiver group. We got a call earlier in the show. Uh, Kenny from Philly, you know, he likes to talk to Scott and I bright and early in the morning at about 730 in the morning. And he asked us about Keenan Allen. He asked us about Keenan Allen saying that he liked Keenan Allen and we validated that. Right. But here's where he lost us. He said that he thought Keenan Allen would improve even more because of the Hunter Henry injury. And I told him that I kind of, like we've said, you know, I expect more of that overflow to go to say Mike Williams, especially given the fact that he's kind of more the big body guy potentially in the red zone. To me, I see this Keenan Allen thing similar to like people assuming um, Kamara will go up even higher because of uh, Ingram's suspension with Hunter Henry being out people some people I guess are assuming that Keenan Allen does even better but I don't think there's much more ceiling left for Keenan Allen I mean the guy does catch like a hundred balls what are people expecting is there even room for more for Keenan Allen this year 
I don't think he's got much more. Maybe a slight bump, but no, it's not going to all of a sudden he's going to become Antonio Brown level. Right. I just like how much more further can he go? Like you said, the ceiling is already pretty much reached, and that's not a problem because Keenan Allen's great. And the ceiling is great, but what are you going to ask him to do next year? Like he was more than the hundred receptions and fourteen hundred yards. I mean, that's. I mean, the receptions were right there already with Antonio Absolutely. Brown. So you bump him up, maybe he gets two more touchdowns. I mean, that's the only thing is maybe you add a touchdown or two to his game. Maybe. And here's the thing. I also I just looked at it at the targets from last year. Okay, for all all players, Keenan Allen fifth in the NFL in targets last year. Hey, Jake, remember I said we were going to maybe play a little bit of a game? I know how much you love trivia games. I told you Keenan Allen was fifth in the NFL in targets last year. Who do you think are the four people that were above him? DeAndre Hopkins. Ding, sure. ding, ding. That's one. Larry Fitzgerald was up there. He was fourth. You still just need number two and three in the league. And, and Antonio Brown, obviously. Was number two. Number three... Uh, we have talked about a lot. He is not with the same team he was with last year. Oh, Jarvis Landry? Correct. Absolutely. Then Keenan Allen had 100. And... What's that? So you gave me the hints. Well, yeah. You know, I wanted you to come off looking good, baby. You had four guesses, all four correct. Keenan Allen with 159 targets last year. That was good for fifth in the NFL. D-Hop led the way at 174. Then a big gap, actually, to A-B at 163. Landry and Fitzy both had 161 targets. And you think about that, right around 160, Jake, that's 10 a game. Right. So you got to think there are very, very few wide receivers that are getting targeted eight, nine times a game. But Keenan Allen is one of them already. So to our point, Jake, like how much more is there really to go? You know, not many wide receivers already are getting targeted as much as Keenan Allen. Um, Jake. You know, I, I've learned over the course of time how to try to phrase the question, and it's not about who you're high or low on. Who are you going to have a lot of shares of? We do, I guess we talked about Philip Rivers. That may be the answer. So let me ask you in the inverse. What charger are you not going to have a lot of shares of this year based on everything we talk about, relatively speaking, and where the value is, and that just probably someone else in your league will go up and get this guy before you? Who are you not going to have many shares of with the Chargers? I don't really think there's any, honestly. Because I mean, Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon—I mean, I have—I own all of them. There's not really anybody right. on this team. There's not really anybody on this team where I'm, I haven't owned them for any reason. So, what about Tyrell? I, well, he's not even really going to most drafts at this point. Yeah. So you like Mike? I mean, I know you like Keenan Allen. I mean, whether you like him or not, relatively speaking, you respect that he's a wide receiver one. You respect that he's one of the top, oh, I don't know, seven wide receivers, let's say, off the board. Right. We've talked about Mike Williams, how you like him and and how we like him to potentially be one of the primary beneficiaries of the Hunter Henry injury. Here's what I want to ask you then, if because you and I are on the same page on this, Jake, we both like the Los Angeles Chargers a lot. I guess my question for you is this. We were just talking about the um, kind of these PPR backs and how they are vis-a-vis the kind of 1A, let's say. There were a couple of games last year, Jake, where Austin Eckler, you know, like 
looked viable as a backup, you know, or as a kind of PPR kind of guy. Talk to me about Melvin Gordon on this continuum of like workhorse back to guys that seed opportunity to the kind of pass catching back. Is Melvin Gordon more of the guy like we've seen with Todd Gurley, who's growing into this role and able to produce in the passing game? Or is he someone who you kind of got to worry about the, the pass catching back there if it's Eckler or otherwise? Is Eckler a handcuff that you're interested in if you get Melvin Gordon? No, because Eckler's not somebody who's going to be a bell cow. He's not somebody right. who can handle that. He's just, he is a pass catching running back. And whether anything comes down and you have no more Melvin Gordon, they'll either go sign somebody off the street. Like Orleans Dark was still sitting out there. That could be a lead for a lot of people. Don't realize that he actually played pretty well for the Giants. Alf Morris. <laughs> stop with Alfred Morris. Just stop bringing him go up. Ahead. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Enough with Alfred Morris. So the, the fact is, is, if you look at it too, they also have Justin Jackson, but he's a pass catcher. So like I said, they'll, they'll bring in somebody or maybe there's somebody they'll dig deeper and just use Derek Watt like they did at a fullback position last year. But no, the fact is, is Melvin Gordon, he doesn't need to do anything. Melvin Gordon is just Melvin Gordon again. He is one of the workhorses in the NFL. He's somebody caught over 50 passes last year, had you know, to 270 or 80 carries last year, and he's just he's somebody that you could trust in any league. I don't need him to move up or down. Yeah, fair enough. I think he is kind of right the way the way where he is kind of slotted, shall we say. Um, I mean, this is the thing, Jake, when it comes to this team, we we like them. <laughs> you know, we, we like them. We like Philip Rivers as a quarterback you can wait on. We like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. We're just saying right now how we think, you know, um, Melvin Gordon is one of those few workhorses. You don't want me bringing up guys like Alfred Morris. Jake, I got plenty more for you. There's Adrian Peterson. There's Danny Woodhead. There's Lance Dunbar. There's Orleans Darkwood. There's C.J. Spiller, for goodness sakes. There's Bishop Sankey. There's Andre Ellington. There's so many options if teams are still, if still uh, you know, kind of in the – uh, you know, market, let's say, for a running back, but none of them move the needle to Jake Seeley. Jake, the over-under over on mybookie.ag for the Los Angeles Chargers is nine and a half. I know you and I both like them. Uh, are you putting money on this or are you finding value elsewhere? Uh, not much if I am, but if I, if I did it, I would actually go with the over. Yeah, I mean, listen, if we think if you think they're going to be in the Super Bowl, if I think they're going to be in the AFC Championship game, then we got to think they're going to probably, what, win 10 games, right? Because to get to the playoffs, you either got to win. I don't know. Where do you think that line is, Jake? I think sometimes, I think one conference is like a 9-7 and seven and the other is like a 10-win team. It, it takes 10 to get to the playoffs? A 10 securely, but it's right. usually, usually at least one 9-7 and seven team makes it. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were 9-7 and seven last year. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When I see a, when I see a season win total at nine and a half wins, you know, I put, I, I put that in my mind like, do I think they're a playoff team? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And if you and I both think that not only are the Chargers a playoff team, but that they, uh, you know, that they have a chance to do some damage in the playoffs, then, yeah, we should go ahead and take the um, – over. We got a question there from, I don't know if it's from a listener or Mr. Bavona himself, Jake. Uh, we got a question here. Oh, uh, it's from Bavona himself, but let's answer the man. He's down there toiling away in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to Bavona. Question is a, a dynasty trade, Jake. Dynasty trade of Todd Gurley for Saquon Barkley. Who do you like more in dynasty formats there, Todd Gurley or Saquon Barkley, Jake? Well, it's for the number one pick, which would be Saquon Barkley is what he's saying. So Right. I'm 
I mean, I, as much as I think Saquon Barkley is going to be amazing and it's worth being a top five pick and the first pick in Dynasty, uh, I still take Todd Gurley every time. Yeah, it's like the bird in the hand, right? It's better than what they could be. You always look for the guys who you've seen do it at this level, right? Like, listen, I love Saquon Barkley and all, but the track record is zero, you know, at this level in the NFL. Like, do I think he will be great? Yes, I do. But I've seen Todd Gurley do it at this level. You never know. We thought Reggie Bush was going to be a transformative back at this point of his NFL career, and then it didn't turn out. I have seen Todd Gurley. What's up? I said, don't say we. We what? With, with Reggie Bush. Don't, don't, I, no, I said don't put we've that seen. Don't, no, no, you, you said we thought he. So, oh, okay, yeah, so I going said, in when he was drafted, put, you didn't think he was going to be. That, no, don't put that evil of Reggie Bush on me. No. Okay, fair enough. What would you? What did you think about Reggie Bush coming out? You didn't think he was going to be a good fantasy back. No, I down on Reggie Bush. I didn't think he was going to be. No, I didn't think he was going to be like transformative or one of oh, the best in the league. No, All right, think, fair no. enough. Do you think that about Saquon? That I think he could be one of the best in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. So maybe it was just a false comparison. You didn't think the same thing about Reggie Bush when he was coming. No, I just I don't mean, want Reggie Bush's stink on me. I don't like. Fair Reggie enough. Bush. What I'm saying though is the point that I am trying to make is that Todd Gurley has an NFL level track record, and Saquon Barkley does not. You know, and that there, whether you were whether you were all in or on the gravy train or not, there have been other backs who came into the league with a certain level of pomp and circumstance and fanfare, and then when it comes time to build that NFL level track record it didn't necessarily happen um but we have seen it with Todd Gurley all right thanks a lot we're talking about that right now hey Jake um another thing I want to ask you about okay with um Scott earlier in the show we were going through his quarterback rankings a little bit we were talking about you know Similar, like the guys like Philip Rivers, who we can wait on. We were talking about some of the guys coming back from injury and what we thought about those guys. I'd like to get your thoughts on that maybe a little bit later on in the show. You know, do you have any cause for pause with, you know, Watson or Wentz or Luck or Rogers and who and who, if any of them, give you some kind of a. Uh, you know, that maybe you wouldn't go on them thinking about that injury or the rehab or the return. But I do realize that in the Roto Experts exclusive edge draft package, you know, which is available right now, you got to go on over and you could enter the pro. I think you can enter the promo code King and get a discount. Uh, Jake, no, do you I'll have a promo kid. code? I'm on the damn show, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Do you, I was just about to say, do you have a promo code, Jake? And it is what? Yeah. Is it all in kid or just all in? All in kid. All in kid. All right. Enter the promo code all in kid. I'm trying to promote everybody, Jake. You know what I mean? Like in the first in the first hour, it was like enter the promo code king. Now you can enter the promo code all in kid. Does that do they track that, Jake? Do you and Scott like compete to see who uses more of their codes to see who's more popular? You or Scott or their other codes? Like can someone enter the promo code speeds? Mm, they, I don't think they have one for you, but they do track it. And there is no competition because I blew everybody else away. Of course you do, Jake. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe I should tell people to enter the promo code KING then. Try to, you know, even out the level of the playing field. Artificially inflate the now. That's I'm trying to level the playing field, Jake. No, no. All right, fine. Enter the promo code ALLINKID he gets his like hour. everybody I get else my hour. does. Fair enough. All in kid. And one of the things you can see there in the Roto 
uh, Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Package. Jake, you were talking about uh, this article that I see, the big four quarterback changes and its impacts on new teams, right? So I think, listen, you know, that's something you have to consider every year. There are going to be new faces in new places, whether by trade, free agency, or kind of just like ascending to the role themselves. And there's a couple of guys that uh, I would love to talk about. We'll talk about one, and then we'll talk about some others on the other side of the break. We haven't talked as much, Jake, about Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a guy that um, you have here in this article, and you kind of um, uh, poo-poo the thesis about him being like kind of this uh, conservative quarterback, this check-down quarterback. Talk to me about moving from Kansas City to Washington. What do you expect? Because people do have that perception of Alex Smith, and I've even extrapolated it out being like, because he's that kind of guy, I really like Jamison Crowder as that slot two-way go kind of receiver. But am I extrapolating that out too far? Should we maybe expect to see a different Alex Smith with a different team? No, it says the, the fact is just the f- that Alex Smith is a deeper and better th- deep ball thrower than people think. That That's mm-hmm. really what that was. But no, the, the entire point of the article is, again, uh, I'm not like coming after you, but it's the same thing somebody tweeted me. Like people are missing the point. If you read the article, the point mm-hmm. is about the effect on the receivers. It has nothing to I do see. with the quarterbacks. It's about what is the effect going to be of the way that these quarterbacks play on the people they are now playing with. Does it mean this person is going to move up or down or this person is mm-hmm. going to move up or down? And you go across all of their players by position. And the fact is, is you look at some of this and Kareem Hunt, his situation in the pass catching there is obvious. You go over the fact that you might see a good amount of pass catching for both Geis and Chris Thompson. Uh, the fact that he has a decent wide receiver set now is more than just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. He's also got... Doxon and Richardson on top of Crowder. Yes, Crowder looks great, but at the same time, there's going to be some deep balls. There's going to be some touchdown red zone opportunities between Josh Doxon and Paul Richardson to step up. So one of them is going to be the one. My money is on Josh Doxon on a talent basis, but if Paul Richardson wins this job and Doxon can't overcome his inconsistencies, Paul Richardson's going to have value in Mm. fantasy leagues, and that's the fact is that Alex Smith is not going to have only Jameson Crowder being valuable. Okay, no, 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 that makes sense. And that's, uh, you know, to be quite honest, Jake, the part of the reason I'm asking is because I have Jamison Crowder stashed for me in a dynasty league, and I'm expecting him to potentially be in PPR settings. I'm, I'm expecting him to be my wide receiver three this year, if not my flex, you know. And so I'm wondering, like you said, the impact on the wide receivers. And so that's why I ask, like, kind of extrapolating out this theory on Alex Smith being like a check down Charlie kind of guy. But you're saying that, no, he does actually throw the, the downfield ball a little bit better than people would think, which opens up the door for either Dotson or Richardson. So that's going to be one of these camp battles. Is that right? You're going to see who wins that job because in two wide receiver sets, you got to figure it's one of those guys in Crowder, right? And the third guy right now, let's say slated to be, say, Paul Richardson. That's where it's going to come out. But you think Paul Richardson, because I've seen this in Seattle. I've seen this in Seattle, Jake, this idea that Russell Wilson will throw the long ball up to Paul Richardson. Right. And I've also seen sometimes Josh Dotson last year not coming down with some of these red zone or high point fades, that sort of thing. So talk to me a little bit more. Do you think I mean, I know we're speculating. We just talked about the beat writers. But do do you think there's a viable chance that that actually happens? Richardson to supplant Josh Dotson for that role in Washington? 
It could happen. Again, I if this is the same thing as the running backs the other day. I'm going to go off right. talent. And as of right now, I'm going off the talent of Josh Doxson. We don't know. We haven't seen Alex Smith play with these guys outside some reports that he's got great chemistry with Jamison Crowder already so far. The fact is, it's similar to Pat Mahomes and why I was bringing that up with the, with the Chiefs and Sammy Watkins. We don't know who the quarterback is going to develop a rapport with. And some of that right. is talent. Some of that is talent of the quarterback. Some of that is chemistry. Some of that being on the same page and kind of having that feel for how the other person thinks. So as of today, I'm going with Josh Doxson. As of the time we get to the second week of August, it might be mm-hmm. Paul Richardson after we see some things. So I'm not going to sit here. I'm not gonna, this is a team. I'm not going to make a bold prediction about Doxson or Richardson and tell okay. you that this is the way to go. All right, fair enough, you know, and good thing, though, Jake, that when we hit the middle of August, you and I will still be here every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. to let people know how to, uh, you know, manage what it is they are seeing with their own two eyes. When we come back on the other side of the break, everybody knows that Alex Smith went to Washington. The former quarterback in Washington is now up in Minnesota. We know how he liked some of those tight ends. He's got an interesting tight end in Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota. What does that mean for him? But at the same time, in Washington, Washington, he never had a pair of receivers like Adam. I got a feeling and Stefan, can you digs it? We'll see what Jake, the all-in kid, thinks about the chemistry building in Minnesota when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Yo, the Roto Edge exclusive fantasy football package is like, whoa. Yeah, Jay Seeley's rankings are like, whoa. Scott Engel's rankings are like, whoa. Your man ain't whoa. CO's ain't whoa. PO's ain't whoa. The judge ain't whoa. All right, I'm going to stop. But it is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network where the all-in kid Jake Seeley and the spitting statistician put the fun in functional sports radio. If you want to join the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Remember, you could also hit us up on Twitter at Spittin' Speeds, at the all-in kid, at Scotty Roto X for our number one. And of course, at Roto Experts, Jake. Before we went to the break, you know, we're talking a little bit. No, you know, hold we're going on, to... hold on. What's up? What's up? No, no, hold on, hold on. What you got? Is there, got? is there any more like one hit wonder album? Then like, Flat Rob Black Rob. or Black Rob? Black, yeah. That Black Rob album. That there was like four good. Like I didn't yeah, like the entire I agree album, with but you. there was like there was like. I'd say, like, three great songs. And there was and then, a summer like, where, like, like Whoa was bumping left and right everywhere you went. <laughs> forever. And it was that one album that I can picture right now is the one that, like, had, like, the orange on the front of it. Like, um, it's, 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 I think he's, like, leaning over, isn't he? 
Yeah, but that's to, also like, when like Puffy tried to like reestablish Bad Boy Records, you know, and kind of had no, a big it's life push. story. I found it. That, that there was you the album. go. There you go. I mean, but that's yeah, what I'm saying. It's like, are there, there any bigger one black... hit wonders? Hmm. That's an interesting. But see, what I was gonna say, it's it's a it's a one hit wonder album because it wasn't just one song. Like gotcha. I said, because there was there was a lot on that song. There was a lot like so you had Whoa, which obviously right. you just played. Uh, I thought Life Story was pretty good. I'm looking right now. Life Story okay, was pretty good. Uh, I mean, Rise I won't up, be able to everybody. recall the literal names of these tracks, but go ahead. Rise and Up. I, yes, dare, I, I, I used to always play I dare you to come to, to me. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, you're right. You're right, Jake. And maybe, you know, when and you think you One Hit me. Wonders, you think songs, you don't know right? Oh, sing it, Jake. You don't know me. Sing it, Jake. This is what uh, we're talking about. But that's what I'm saying. There, like That was it for Black Rob after that. That's interesting. Like he, I'm gonna he had other, other albums, but like nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, that album. What about um? Oh, what was that guy's name? Um, uh, the one who did not Ti, but uh, the the one who was like right there. Um, Jake, you raise a very good question on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, and one of them I was gonna say Ti, but it's not. Um, um. Oh, snap. I have it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I have I, it I on the tip of my tongue. But in any event. Starts, starts with a C. Does it? Chingy? You're talking about Chingy, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's not the guy I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm, oh, that's not uh, So you're thinking of the wrong song then. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to just – my mind is going in a number of different ways, but it should go back to the – I see that, but that was the – that's the – Yeah, Chingy was, was right, there. right there. Yeah, Chingy was – I like the way you do it right there. But then to me, that was one of the – that's – that falls more in the category, Jake, of like a one-hit wonder, not a one-album right. wonder, right? And so I checked right. myself as I was thinking, and I went to a different guy, and it's not T.I. It's the, uh, I'm a hustler. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hustler, homie. Ask, ask about me. That guy, that guy um, is the one I'm thinking of. But I digress, Jake. You may be looking it up. You may not. But let's talk about these Minnesota Vikings. Kirk Cousins, okay, going over from Washington Cassidy. To- Cassidy, that's it. And then when you said it started with a C, I almost was reinforced. Cassidy, I think Cassidy had like one decent album, but I'll have to go in and check. Jake, now you have, now I know what I'm going to be doing all weekend long. <laughs> now we're long. down in like a rabbit hole of this because yeah, like Chimillionaire came, yeah. came up on the, on this list See? too. It was just Interesting, interesting. All right. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing in between World Cup games for the rest of the day this afternoon. Absolutely. It's going to be like halftime. Of, and by the way, Jake, you know I need Belgium against Brazil today, right? You know I need Belgium against Brazil today. No, That's going to be where I'm going to keep I it. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about that. Let's get back to Kirk Cousins, Jake. Let's get back to Kirk Cousins. Here's my um, – I'm off two minds on this, and I want you to clarify for me which one is more correct in your opinion. You know, we're talking about, like, the, the quarterbacks, new faces and new places, and the impact on the wide receivers. So we talked about in Washington what it means for Crowder, Dotson, and potentially even Paul Richardson with Alex Smith moving over. So as the dominoes fall, Kirk Cousins is up in Minnesota. Now, I know that Kirk Cousins, when he was in Washington at least, like the tight end, you know, Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, that sort of thing. I look in Minnesota, there's a good tight end, Kyle Rudolph. So there's one narrative that's like, yeah, that'll continue going, and I like Kyle Rudolph. Another narrative that I would have, though, that conflicts with that, Jake, is, listen, Kirk Cousins never had two outside or slot wide receivers like Diggs and Phelan like he now has. So maybe because he has that luxury, he looks less towards the tight end in uh, Kyle Rudolph. Which way might this play out? What do you think the impact of Kirk Cousins up in Minnesota are for guys like Rudolph, Phelan, and Diggs? 
Are we gonna like give away the entire article? Uh, no, I don't know. I would... Check the link. Well, <laughs> we, we won't go to all of them. We won't go to all of them. We'll still leave some. <laughs> we'll still leave some, Jake. But go ahead. No, the truth is, is Jordan Reed, as long as he's healthy, I mean, even with, you know, the fact of Kirk Cousins and everything like that while he was there, was one of the best in the league. That, that, that's right. no question. So Kyle Rudolph to Jordan Reed, that doesn't bother me much. And people forget that Kyle Rudolph was just tied in two, two years ago. And even mm-hmm. if you include Rob Gronkowski not being healthy and you took, if you took Kyle Rudolph's numbers from two years ago and put them to last year, to say, all right, you know, you, you got Rob Gronkowski and healthy. He still would have been the third best tight end, so it's not a big deal. Um, to look at that, he's, yeah, he had issues syncing up with Josh Doxson. He played well with Jameson Crowder. The bigger thing I looked at is not so much the Kirk Cousins overall effect, but I'm sure you've heard before as people are saying, well, let's find out who's going to be the third wide receiver for the Vikings mm. because if it's Kendall Wright, that's pushing Adam Thielen outside, and that's bad news. If it's Laquan right. Treadwell, Adam Thielen gets to play in the slot. That's good news. And so this is this is actually what started this entire study, is that kind of narrative. And I found out that narrative is kind of not true. And the mm. fact is, is, yes, Thielen would face weaker coverage because he'd be playing in the slot. But the interesting thing I found was Stefan Diggs' numbers were actually better in the slot than Thielen's were. He actually averaged a better catch percentage and average more yards per catch. Uh, Adam Thielen actually had a better catch percentage and more yards per catch outside than Diggs did. So the numbers are actually exactly the opposite what anybody would say, and all these people who are saying we want Thielen to be in the slot. Now, all that being said, what I also point out is because of Cousins' inefficiencies in throwing the ball outside, this could actually be bad news for both of them if Kendall Wright is in the slot because, you know, you bring up the point, and I do mention that as well. He hasn't had this kind of talent, but at the same time, Kirk Cousins is an aggressive thrower. He ignores open players to throw into triple coverage. That's just how he's always been. And, no, you, you laugh, and it's not a joke. I, I watched film, and I've, got, I've been on the record of saying is I understood by the He likes the tight window, the red, Jake. He likes the right. tight window. The, no, he wants the bigger plays is what he likes. And it's good for fantasy. But it's not always good for his players, and I understood, and I said this time and again, why the Redskins didn't want to invest in him long term is because they, they probably see the same thing I do. You go watch the film, and you watch him, and there's a play I still, as clear as day, can remember in my mind. Jordan Reed is streaking over the middle of the field, wide open. There's not one person within five yards of him, and he throws over top of him to Deshaun Jackson, who's behind him, who has double coverage already on him, and the safety is coming over. And that's like, what are you doing? Like, seriously, like, that's just absurd to me. Um, so the point being is because Cousins ranks lower than average, actually in the bottom half in completion percentage and yards per attempt to outside receivers because he plays so aggressive, this actually might be a bad thing for Thielen and Diggs, depending on how this roster shakes out. Right. Interesting. So we're looking at the slot guys and potentially looking at that tight end. So definitely keep an eye on that. Like, listen, Minnesota is going to be a place that I'm looking at in the preseason. Okay. Because here's the other thing. Don't forget the other variable here, Jake, is, you know, is Dalvin Cook. You know, and Dalvin Cook can afford something in the passing game as well. Remember, Kirk Cousins was hitting up Chris Thompson left and right last year, right? So give me all the Dalvin Cook. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is couldn't that be yet another factor compromising some of the value of Diggs and Thielen? 
Right, of course. I mean, you know, the pie, the pie. Right? The pie and, and before every, before anybody ever listens to this now or listens to it later and over it, I'm not they're saying they're both wide receiver twos. They're both wide receiver. Yeah, twos. yeah. <laughs> but the fact I'm is, some fine pe- with them. Yeah, yeah. Some people are drafting Diggs as a fringe wide receiver. One saying, "Oh, he's the one that should." This is his year. Mm-hmm. This is the year that he's going to be. And some people are drafting Adam Thielen as a wide receiver. One. That's more the. That's really what I'm getting at. Like that's more of a concern, and that's just the thought process of Kirk Cousins now. If Laquan Treadwell does win the job and Thielen does spend the majority of his time out of the slot, and we've seen the way that Kirk Cousins works out of the slot, thumbs right. up. I think that's right. really, I, really, I want to see who's in the slot. So the, my point in that was Thielen can succeed outside. And obviously the easy answer is he wins or he stays in the slot. Laquan Treadwell is the third wide receiver. Then it's, hey, everything's roses and sunshine, and Adam Thielen might be a wide receiver one. But what I was also saying is, whereas both of them have risk, it actually might not be as bad as people think for Thielen to be outside if mm-hmm. Cousins can overcome his struggles so far, and if it truly is, as you said, maybe Cousins' struggles outside are purely because of the talent he's been playing with. Yeah, so I know it's a lot to, I mean, right. there's a lot of ifs there, but, it, right. I mean, that's just how you have to dig but into But we're in early situation. July, Jake. We're in early July. Right. There's going to be a lot of ifs. Those ifs will turn in August to what we're starting to see, and then from September to December, what we'll be talking about is what actually happened, you know, and be like, go get yeah, this guy in the way wire. Bill Polian busted that out on NFL Live. What do you if, mean? If, 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 ifs and butts are candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. I'm like, dude, you're so old. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I have never heard that one before, Jake. I don't know. You never heard that saying? No, I have not heard that one. Maybe it's a, maybe it's that, a cultural thing, Jake. I don't know. I've never heard of that uh, one. Uh, that's an that's like old-timey saying. Yeah, you really? never heard of ifs. Yeah, if ifs and butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. You never heard that before. No, I have never heard that. I have not. But now uh, I have. I have never heard yeah. that. I have now. And, you know, I might use it myself. But listen, guys, one thing you need to use is the code, promo code over at mybookie.ag. You know by now the promo code is FNTSY. You get a 50% deposit bonus. Listen, in DFS, you're, you're battling against these sharks with hundreds of lineups and their algorithms that are doing nothing, quite frankly, but listening to the Fantasy Sports Network all day and getting their lineups and winning their leagues and winning that cash with people like Daily Roto, who's making millionaires. But if you don't want to deal with all that, you can even use the prop builder tool at mybookie.ag. Set the line the way you you want, and don't forget about that promo code. You get a 50% deposit bonus. Hey, Jake, you know, I don't want to go too far behind the curtain in your article, right? So I want to take this theory and apply it maybe to one or two other situations and see if you think I'm crazy. You know, Sam Bradford, we just talk about, we're talking about Minnesota. Sam Bradford liked liked Kyle Rudolph, looked for Kyle Rudolph in the red zone, now in Arizona. Is that any reason, is that any reason to be excited about Ricky Seals-Jones? That he looks for the tight end well, a little bit. That, that, that's also you could go. Am I extrapolating out too far? No, is the fact is well, what is I didn't have two years ago data. I only had last year, so I, that's why I say Bradford wasn't included. Uh, I would uh, like I gotcha. to be able to. I, I want to find somewhere to find two years ago because I, I would like to dig into that as well. But with Sam Bradford, also two years ago, and even before that, Sam Bradford's had a mix. Like he hasn't had very much consistency when it comes to the talent he's been playing with. So, you know, when he's playing with Kyle Rudolph, obviously you can say that, but Kyle Rudolph was, at the time, we really hadn't had the emergence. We started, well, we started to see it, but of Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs at the time. Mm-hmm. So there's a comfort factor there at the times before that, you know. So there's a lot of question with Sam Bradford's career 
of, you know, what is it with him? And then he also spent a decent amount of seasons with Shermer, too, even switching mm. teams with Shermer. So the fact is, is I could see it, but also I saw it more so because of Ricky Steele-Jones in and of himself. Is gotcha. You saw the talent emerge late in that season. And it's not numbers where you're like, oh, my God, this guy needs to be on my radar. But Ricky Steele-Jones is a matchup issue. And if you yep. look at the Cardinals and you look at this team, I say as of today, their second-best receiver is the person they drafted in Christian Kirk, who there's questions about what this team is going to do with him, let him play outside, which he can do, or force him to just sit behind Larry Fitzgerald in the slot and grow and develop. And then if you look at the rest of the roster after that, you talk about Bryce Butler. Like Ricky Seals-Jones could be their third-best receiver, and I say third because their second-best is David Johnson. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree. You know, he was a mismatch kind of guy, one of these move tight ends. I believe Texas A&M, I believe he came out of, right, Jake? And he was able to be one of those kind of guys that can be a mismatch. I'm going to test this theory one more time, Jake, with a tight end, okay, and kind of like where this guy came from and how they utilized the tight end. And I'm talking about our guy, well, by our guy, I actually mean Chris Ventra's guy. We go over there to San Francisco, you know, he was raised in the kind of Patriots way, you know what they do with the tight end. What do you think about the spot? You know, what does that mean for a guy like George Kittle? It's not like Goodwin and Garcon are, are Thielen and Diggs, let's say. I think they're both quality, like legit NFL wide receivers. But do you think that there could be a natural propensity for Jimmy G to look towards George Kittle, the tight end, that that could be a boon for George Kittle? Also, in his second year, we know RSJ, Ricky Seals-Jones, also may take that second-year jump at tight end. Could something similar be in store for George Kittle because Jimmy G may, uh, where he comes from, like like the tight end? Yeah, it, it definitely could, but here's the fact is the Kittle hype is getting a little bit too much for me. And right. look, the tight end position is a wasteland after the big couple guys. And mm-hmm. the fact is it's kind of very similar to quarterback. Yeah. Granted, because uh, well, I know people are going to be like, what? No, no. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> people don't want to draft quarterbacks early. But, and there's a study, and I forget who did it. I can't find it. I've been searching it basically this entire week. And that uh, the top five fantasy quarterbacks actually do have a distinguishable difference from the, uh, the rest. And it was basically pointing out that from 6 to 20, there's about a two-point per mm-hmm. week difference, and that's why it's that's where the weight on quarterback comes from. Right. But you can still gain an edge by having one of the top five. And, of course, the article wasn't saying to go draft one of the top five in the third round. They were just saying there's a point – There's a, there is an advantage to having one of the top five. And, and similar with tight end, the top three. Exactly. Well, I'd, I'd probably even go at least four or five at tight okay. end, too. You could make an argument for there. But, but similar. the point was also – and it's not always the same five, but the, also the second part of it was it's, it's a consistent top five is you usually get about three names ending up there every single year. Sure. So all that being said is that's where the tight end position goes. If you don't get one of those big, let's just say four, we'll call it the right. middle, I hear you. then you might as well wait. And George Kittle could be 15. He could be five because right. I've told you this before, 550 yards and five touchdowns, get you're you tight there. end one. That's nothing to be a tight end one. And the gap is so small that you catch two more touchdowns, you're jumping 10 spots just with two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. My problem with George Kittle is where he's going in drafts, and it's the snap count concern. I think George Kittle could be one of the biggest breakouts of tight end this year on talent, on opportunity. But the snap count opportunity is where I'm concerned. And if you look at week 17 of last year, when he was granted banged up, but there was a person who was more banged up than him, Garrett Selleck, who just came off an injury and comes back and gets the same snap count as he does in week 17, it, that to me says maybe the 49ers aren't going to use Kittle with enough consistency. 
That's interesting, but I completely agree with you, Jake, when it talks to quarterback, this idea of if you don't get the big boys, you can wait, and we reel off all the time the names of like five or six quarterbacks that we'll be comfortable with, and you might have them 10 or 14, but that range, and you say the same thing with quarterback, right? There is the top three that we always talk about, and then, sure, you want to consider another tier, guys like Rudolph or maybe Jimmy Graham or maybe Ingram or Olsen, wherever you have, but then when you get to let's call it seven, you may want to call it six, you may want to call it eight, but you take it from there all the way down to, you may want to call it 14, you may want to call it 15, whatever it is, it's kind of like the different strokes for different folks. If you pinpoint one or two guys that you like there, you will probably be able to get them at value. I want to round this all up, and Jake, I know we hate talking about our own fantasy teams, but Jake, my longtime home league, where I am the defending champion, okay, Uh, And it's like a dynasty thing. You know, you play escalator costs for your keepers and stuff like that. Right now, Jake, I have Zach Ertz in the seventh round. I have Trey Burton in the 12th round. And I have George Kittle in the 17th round. Which of these guys do you think – which of these guys do I try to prioritize maybe trying to flip? Uh, whichever you can get the most value for. You know what I mean? Because I'm comfortable with kind of all of them for the next couple of years, to be honest, even paying the escalator cost. But I need a little bit, and, you know, I need an RB2, that sort of thing. And so I'm trying to think of which one I could flip. But I'm pretty much comfortable whichever one I can build a market for, right? Because all of them represent some kind of value for me. Yeah, and the, the problem is, is the, the most oversell guy right now is probably Burton closely filed by Kittle, but the problem right. is with the where you got them. It's too much value. Yeah. I mean, you honestly, know? at this point, I'd probably just hold on to all three. You all of them. Ball, I, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I am going to hold on to all three, to of, all three them. of them. That's actually what I think I'm doing. You know, in our league, if you just pick someone up off the waivers, you wind, they slot as a 12th rounder. And so I picked up Burton, you know, when Ertz was out last year. And then when I was like, oh, he's a free agent, I'm definitely keeping on. I'm definitely holding on to him. So that is interesting. But we shall see. Hey, Jay, got any big plans this weekend? We only got a couple minutes mm. left here. Carton is back next week, you know what I mean? So we're, we, we have four wasp. minutes less. What's Ant-Man that? What wasp. Oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Good stuff. That's very interesting. You know I'm going to be locked. I'm going to be locked with football. Jake, um, you erased my Roto Cleo picks, brother man. You erased my Roto Cleo picks. I didn't count. Out of the spreadsheet. I know, but you could have, like, shaded them or something. I went up and opened them, and uh, – uh, you know, gone. I opened the spreadsheet and I see them gone. I was like, "Damn, Jake, that's just as, cold." Yes, they bro. should be. That's just cold. Give me a, give me a. We only got a minute left, Jake. Give me a picture tonight that you like. Uh, no, you're gonna have to go first because now I'm looking real quick. Yeah, so, so I am I. I, you, I, keep, I keep forgetting. Oh, so yeah, you're trying to put it on me? I know. So, Dude, you know what? I can tell yeah. you one thing. Helixson did not get the win last night. That's true. I did not get a win out of Matty Boyd either. All right. I got, uh, listen, my boy Fultonevich ha- is back out today. Carlos Carrasco in a return. Nice at home no, against I, the A's. I was going to say, that's always risky off a turn, but I like I know. that. Are you going there? I, I Listen, I like Carrasco or Fulty tonight. I would go Carrasco or Fulty. Tonight. Take Carrasco, yeah. go big, because then I'll take Chris Sale. <laughs> yeah, no, BS. They're like, what, you're going to go Chris Sale and J.D. Martinez tonight. Yes. Right. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take Carrasco on his way back, and I'll be sure to fill in the spreadsheet before games go to get my hitter. Hey, Jake, have a great weekend. Maybe we'll do NFC West next week. Have a good one. Let us know how Ant-Man and the Wasp is. I'll let you know if Belgium and Croatia are still riding tall. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Have a great week. We'll see you all next week. Have a great weekend, fantasy players. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.